0: Welcome to the pre Thanksgiving edition. We can't say an Eve, Robbie. I'd love to say an Eve, but it's just too many Eves away yet.
1: Yeah, there's. it's over a week.
0: Yeah, but uh, we're at the pre Thanksgiving. That's true. Um, masculine Journey. That's what we're called. That's right. It's the pre, s <laughs> It's not over a week. It's only whatever, Yeah. Six, four days? You five know, it's been a confusing week. It has. You know, and that's what the holidays tend to do to us. As we approach it, it's a little confusing. But today, we are not going to talk about. Thanksgiving. Not yet? Not yet. No, we may next week. I don't know. (laughs) That's a tease. We might do that. But this week we're talking about something really pretty cool. We're talking about the big picture of some sort, aren't we, Robbie?
1: Yeah, or you could call it the larger story.
0: Oh, that would be better. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that larger story, Robbie?
1: I can. One of the, the neatest things for me, the boot camps that we've done over the years, and is it begins to give us a perspective of the masculine journey of how we fit into the picture and my misunderstanding of the larger story was a big part of how I got oriented into you know what God was doing in my life as uh, John Eldridge puts it so eloquently many men feel like they've walked into a movie 15 minutes late and they're trying to figure out what's going on and you know we had this clip that unfortunately we can't play the audio for, I think it's called Brazil or something, this guy wakes up with his head in the refrigerator, and then you have no clue of what's going on, an army man walks through the scene, (laughs) (laughs) somebody's on a radio, and and it has a lot to do with trying to figure out our life and and how we fit in, and the larger story, or beginning to put that into perspective, the grand narrative, is really helpful for me, Mm -hmm. and and I think it has been one of the talks that we've done for years. And, and so what John Eldridge did to kind of delineate this since he obviously came out of the theater was he put it into Acts. And so mm-hmm. he created these four Acts and kind of instituted the larger story or God story of the Bible in these Acts. And so in Act 1, which was my first m- big misunderstanding, we, most Christians, believe that Act 1 starts in Genesis 1-1, you know, in the beginning God. But what's interesting is if you can actually look in the beginning of the gospel of john you see something else right now you see john 1 1 where it says in the beginning was the word and the word was god and the word was with god and so you get this picture
2: of a fellowship and a logos as you say yeah and this is one of those things that haunted me for a long time was that i didn't understand why they chose the word word to describe Jesus. And so, for many years, I was looking this up. This is just one of those things that felt out of place. And I, I finally found that in Greek and Hebrew linguistics, there is a use for the word in the same sentence with the deity. Uh, f- for instance, if I were to say the light went off, um, you might think, wow, the light went off. But if I say in my head, the light went off in my head or light went on in my head, I had an idea or I lost an idea. You're well, forward. That's right. So when you put um, logos in the same sentence with the deity, it takes on a new meaning and it means the execution of that deity's will. So in the beginning was the execution of God's will.
1: And so when you look at, at that John 1, 1 versus Genesis 1, 1, you see in the beginning you had God, the father, and you certainly had God, the son and the Holy Spirit. So we've got a Trinity. You know, there's there's three people. There's a fellowship.
0: Oh, you're exactly right, Robbie. When I went to my first boot camp, and you know, I just always thought the Bible began with Genesis one, but there was something before that. And and when John started talking about this, and and really just arriving at the, the movie fifteen minutes late, it just the the place erupted in laughter because everybody could relate to it. Right? Because that's what it does. Everything just feels so random. You're in, put in the middle of a story. You don't know what's going on what happened before me what happens after this and and that's what john really helps to clear up with it
1: and so one of the cool things for me was as i gave I had an opportunity to do this talk was to try to understand this fellowship that existed before let there be light there was a god the father and a god the son and in the holy spirit and they were obviously relating to one another in a community and and they had something really phenomenal and, and john eldridge used the movie um, The Last of the Mohicans and the and the three that had this fellowship. I th- went and thought about a, a movie where I could find a fellowship of three, especially a father and son, and found the river runs through it. And there, there's a story of a father who teaches both his sons to fish, and one of those sons is, is clearly <laughs> almost a picture of the Holy Spirit, and the other one is, is the picture of grace, meaning like Christ, and then you have the father. And so when they go fishing, this is kind of what it sounds like.
2: I then saw something remarkable. For the first
3: time, Paul broke free of our father's instruction, into a rhythm all his own. Okay, I'd say the Lord has blessed us all today. It's just that he's been particularly good to me. Oh me, oh my! Look at that fish! Woo! Unbelievable! At that moment, (laughs) I knew, surely and clearly, that I was witnessing perfection. You... You are a fine fisherman. (laughs) Only need three more years before I can think like a fish. You're already thinking like a dead stone flying <laughs> pictures Aww. Mother's pictures Hurry up 1 <laughs> 2 my brother stood before us not on a bank of the big blackfoot river but suspended above the earth free from all its laws like a work of art
1: so my father took me fishing when i was young we lived we grew up in colorado and Uh, some of my favorite memories of my father were on a trout stream and so when i saw this movie it was obviously a picture of the relationship between a father and son that was really spectacular and to have three like that and it it was something that i could see that i I went wow wow before we ever existed there was this trinity this father son and holy spirit they had an experience like that father and son fishing And, and and al you and i got to go fishing it wasn't what, a couple 3 years ago and you know the fellowship I'm talking
2: about. Oh, there's nothing like being on a river with a friend just walking, you know, catching the fish is great, but when you look at the beauty and the majesty all around you and know that you're here for just that moment, for that purpose, and you're with somebody, it's it's a it's an amazing feeling, although it would have been nicer to catch a big fish.
0: Now well, I'm blushing when you talk about me that way. Thank
2: you were <laughs> the little fish the one we threw back. <laughs>
0: As I listened to that clip, Robbie, the thing that I loved was the playfulness. Right. You know, the father saying, you know, we've been blessed, but, you know, I've been blessed more. (laughs) You know, just the the relationship of how deep that has to be to to have that playfulness and not have it be misinterpreted, misunderstood, but just for the joy that it is of being in fellowship.
1: Right. And the phenomenal thing there is that here was God before there was light where he had the father, son, they had this fellowship and they wanted more. And so they began to create, <laughs> and so something else went on before Genesis one one, and like so many movies or acts, you know, there, there's a, the villain enters the scene, mm-hmm. and so we have this picture of who we know to be our enemy, Satan, who saw and and wanted that power, and we we got this clip um, that that I feel like is a good way of illustrating that.
0: Yeah, definitely shows Satan's heart towards God's other creation, us. Right.
3: From now on, we are enemies. You and I. Because you choose for your instrument a boastful, lustful, smutty, infantile boy and give me for reward only the ability to recognize the incarnation. Because you are unjust. I bear unkind i will block you i swear it i will hinder and harm your creature on earth as far as i am able i will ruin your incarnation
0: so Robbie, as we listen to that obviously you hear the 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 heart or lack of heart that this creature has for god's creation that's who he's talking to he's he's looking at the cross and he's talking to God and and he throws a cross in the fire but uh, one of the questions I have for you is, is Dennis asked a very good question earlier today Dennis when we were talking about this topic what was the question you kept asking us do you remember so what's your point there you go thank you so what is the point this is great knowledge it's awesome knowledge it's great I love history we've had a couple points that we've made now but but what do we do with those points
1: Exactly. And for me, I would lived my life like I was on the stage. It was just me and God. And if things weren't going well, it must be me messing up because it sure isn't God. Mm -hmm. But when I began to understand that the act two happened and that there was this enemy and the enemy's issue was not necessarily with me, but actually with upsetting God in a way to do that was through me. Mm -hmm. Just like if I want, if you really want to hurt Robbie Dilmore, go after my kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you know, this is this is what Satan is doing, mm-hmm. and and he is definitely a big part of this to play. And understanding that larger story of where I fit in, to a great deal, has to do with this idea of an enemy. And these things, I like the way John Eldridge puts this. This is epic. This is huge. When they talk about an angel, you know what happens when an angel shows up on the scene, Sam? Most of well, the time,
0: they fall to their knees, and he says, "Get up. I won't hurt you." Basically, <laughs> right. is what he said. I mean, Sam paraphrase
1: one awesome creature that Mm -hmm. you know one of them can kill 10,000 you know or the one that you know was over Jerusalem that David saw with the sword gigantic epic creatures meaning that there's a big battle so when they say God's a warrior and he's taking on these
0: fallen angels it's huge it's gigantic yeah he didn't he didn't create the angel that we often think of right he created because he knew that there was a war Right, and there was a war in heaven. When we come back, we're going to talk about why are those important to us as men? What can we take from that? What's God trying to teach us? in And we're going to talk about the other two acts. you got to stay tuned because when we enter the story and so much more, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org for more information, to get past podcasts, or to kind of touch base with us and tell us how you're doing.
2: Your phone, your tablet, your iPad, your Android just became... A radio. That's right. You can take the Truth Network with you everywhere now thanks to our brand new Truth Network app. That's right. Listen to Dr. Michael Brown, The Line of Fire, The Christian Car Guy with Robbie Dillmore, Truth Talk Live, all of our programming 24 7 right there in your hand. Perhaps you're out of range of your radio or traveling in a busy airport.
0: You can plug into the Truth Network. Just go to TruthNetwork.com to download the new free app.
2: That's TruthNetwork.com.
3: Daddy, when are you coming home?
2: It can be difficult being a service member called for duty. That's why there's the Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program. We help thousands of National Guard and Reserve members ensure their families are taken care of while they're away.
3: Daddy, you're home!
2: And when they return, we help with everything from job opportunities to financial planning. Learn more at yellowribbon.mil. A message from the Department of Defense. This is the story of the Son of God Hanging on a cross for me But it ends with a bride and groom And a wedding by a glassy sea.
3: Oh, death, where is your sting? Cause I'll be there singing
0: Sam, that that speaks to me yeah. right there. Just hearing those words and that and that melody, I'm not sure who that is. I will remember it before the end of the show. Yeah. I can't remember right now. But see, just hearing that 20 seconds or so, I got this mind picture of what heaven would be like. Yeah, and, and we are talking about a story, right? It is a story of a son of God hanging on a cross for me, and and it began so much before that. You know, the, it began before we entered the stories we talked about in the last segment. There were two other acts before where we live today. And Robbie, real quickly, what were those two other acts that if people are just joining in, first of all, I want to say thank you. Secondly, why? No, I'm kidding. Please go back and listen to the, uh, the show on podcast. I think you're going to enjoy a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about because it's, it's something that really helps you understand where we are today and where we're going to be in the future.
1: Yeah, so act one is from John 1 which was in the beginning was God. And it's talking about act one as the Trinity. You had the father, the son, the Holy spirit, unique community that was in existence that was looking for something more. So they began the process of creation and then act two, you know, they created the angels and there's a lot going on. It's very epic. These things are gigantic and huge and scary for us. Not the cherub that we normally see or the little Valentine angel, but this very powerful beings, one of which falls, which is Satan, which we know from Ezekiel was, you know, certainly thinking that he could take the place of God. And so mm-hmm. all this stuff happens before Genesis one, one, which is now we're going to create light. And now we're going to begin the, 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 the process of act three, which is creation.
0: And, and the, the story continues or is also echoed, I should say, in revelation in chapter 12 when it talks about, you know, Satan and a third of the angels try to overthrow, god right right and so there is a huge war in heaven and then in that passage it goes down to talk about now satan focuses on devouring the offspring right. of god right which would be us right Spe- specific specifically jesus at the time anyone after jesus in a, in a way when jesus is born but yet we are still also god's offspring he created us And so Satan comes after us, as you were talking about earlier, because he can't really get at God.
1: Right. And he, he, uh, at this point, God is creating and in this crescendo of creation, you know, begins with light and water and separation and all this stuff. Then you begin the seas and then the animals and the fish come first. And the next thing you know, he's getting better and better and better. And he finishes up with his own image, which has got to be a bitter pill for Satan which is you know here comes god here comes man in his own image but the crescendo is woman which is Mm -hmm. the last thing he creates which is you know the the beauty and that that aspect really gets to satan because she's taking on the you know satan was the most beautiful angel well now here's the most beautiful creation that god's made in woman and so who does he go after in eve and there we see the fall Mm right And we see Satan doing exactly what, you know, in that clip, I don't think we even said was from the movie Amadeus, mm-hmm. and the guy that was so jealous that he was going to destroy Amadeus, who was so gifted, that was God's creation. And that's what Satan did with Eve. And so here we find ourselves <laughs> fallen and in need of a savior.
0: Absolutely. And one of the other things that, that God did to, that Satan couldn't do, Eve can create life with her body. Right. right? And, and so God gives her this other special thing that's even more so than, than what we can ever find in Scripture that, that Satan ha- doesn't have the power to create beings. Right. And, but yet God gives, through his grace, woman the ability to carry that in her body and, and to produce that.
1: Yeah. And that's it. So you can see clearly from my standpoint as I began to walk in this message and understand a little bit what, how the Bible's narrative affects me personally that there is a story taking place on the stage and my part in it, you know, I was no part of act one. I was no part of act two. So now I've come into a situation where Satan is out to discredit God and he's going to do that through me. And by understanding what Satan is actually up to, it helps me find my place in the story and see that I do have an enemy and I do have a role in this of, of spiritual warfare and, (laughs) and, looking for the glory of other people because you know satan's going to do everything he can to push that down in anybody he sees
0: but robbie you know if i'm sitting out there and i'm listening and i challenge you back of really what what does a individual matter i mean there's millions of people on the earth what does an individual matter if they don't enter into their role
1: well george mcdonald did this so wonderfully actually dr michael brown did as well he he pointed it out as sort of like a symphony and that you got some people over there that are in the cello section, and you got people over here that are in the violin session, and you got people over there that are in the trombone session. And each one has their very unique message that God put on them, that his image that they uniquely bear. And unfortunately, if they don't reflect that part of God's image, nobody else can. And so the orchestra that's playing, there's diminishment. You don't have all the instruments unless everybody plays their part. And, and so is we find glory, God's vision image being reflected in any particular person, in Al, in, in Vinny, or whatever. Here's this phenomenal symphony mm-hmm. that we can have so many harmonies, so many different things if everybody could play their part. So how cool is it that we're out there looking for that person's role in the story and the part of what the show is.
0: If we don't take our place in, in the story, there's a void, is what right. you're saying, and it cannot be filled. right? If you're thinking of a football team, right? I'm into football still right now, but sure. not fantasy football. I'm losing, but still. In, in the football, if there's a void and there's not a player there, it's not going to work, right? And, and yet we're such a much bigger team with such more of a battle going on than that, but yet we don't understand the, the importance of every single individual's role. So you're saying this is a team effort and we can't do it alone? We can't win the game alone? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying that you know part of that, that, that beginning, right in the beginning – in um, John was the, the realization that there was community. We were born out of community, right? We we came from community with a desire for community. So can we take it on ourselves? No, not long term, right? Could we have to walk in the desert for a while by ourselves? Absolutely. But we are made, and our hearts are wired for community and to fight alongside others against the, the enemy.
2: Vince Lombardi had a quote that you just reminded me of. He said, football is the only battle or the only game where you have to win tw- uh, 11 individual battles in order for a team to be victorious on every play. Mm-hmm. So if you look at that in community, we all have battles, but we still function as a team.
0: Yeah, and Sometimes
2: we function better than other times.
0: Absolutely. One of the questions I would have, though, but God's already won this war, right? So why I mean, fight? I
2: that's the neat thing.
1: And that's the other part of the larger story. That honestly, I, th- I certainly had a lot of misunderstandings about. You know, we sing the song, and, and John Eldridge put it. We've been here ten thousand years. You know, in the song, you know, Amazing Grace. A lot of us think, Wow, we're praising God. That sounds like it's going to be really boring, and we don't have a picture of what God is going to really make all things new. And so, when I saw the end of this, the movie Les Mise Rob, and I saw. All the characters who had died throughout the play coming back for this gigantic reunion, it, it spoke to me of a little bit of it, it's going to be reunited with Christ, but also reunited with all these people that had played their roles throughout the story. We will
3: live again in freedom in the of the Lord. We will walk behind the we will push away the sword. The chain will be broken and all men will have their reward.
0: love the imagery of that clip but honestly I could not listen to that for 10,000 years. <laughs> it would suck the life out of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's certainly a picture there, but It we, is.
0: It's an yeah. awesome picture, thank yes. you.
1: My mother once said this to me and I it, it's just one of those things that resonates that the older that she gets the more of her treasure is in heaven. And we we Vinnie's here and he's significantly older than me as those of you may not understand but lots of your treasure is in heaven Vinny, and that's a picture for you that really I think you understand so much better than us
3: yeah I do uh, I used to be afraid of heaven because that meant I was going to die you know I know who heaven was and everybody does but now that I'm getting close to the age where I am ready to die I'm in my 80s it's going to be wonderful because I'm going to see my two sons who are up there and see my beautiful wife who was up there and I actually look out of an airplane like I was telling my friends here before we came on and it could be dismal rain and once the plane gets up above the clouds you know the white clouds and you're looking it's all blue skies I'm looking for my wife and I'm looking for my two kids I know they're walking around there but of course you know it's not but yeah I you know heaven is a beautiful place uh when you're young You don't want to go because you're young. Mm -hmm. Now that I'm old, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not at all because I'm going to be with my family.
1: And what John Eldridge said about the movie Titanic was one of the reasons he felt it was so successful was the ending, that everybody went back to being young. The ship was coming up, and it was all things being made new again. Mm -hmm. And heaven is going to be that picture of everything being the way it was originally designed to be, all the symphony playing and and it's it's really way more than I have any grasp of.
0: One of the cool things is God doesn't wait till then to start that process. True. God starts that process in us every day of trying to restore us back to the person we already were. What the the, the world's come and stripped away, and so He does. He gives us little gifts of that process throughout the time, but one day all will be new and it'll be back the way it was originally intended to be. And how cool will that be? Just to sit there, and I I can't even imagine. Vinny will have hair. Vinny will have hair.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he won't. I don't know. It could be perfect the way it is. I got hair, but (laughs) it's in a drawer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I get it out of my nose and ears at this point in my life. But still, as we're talking today, you, you may say, what do I do with this? Where do I go? Go look for community. Go look for people to share your life with. Fight against the enemy who's trying to rob and kill and destroy your life. Find your role in life that only you fill in your family with your friends at work. Go fill that role well. And then just stay there and say, God, I am ready for you to restore me today as I wait for you to come back tomorrow. We just thank you for listening to us today. You've been listening to Masculine Journey Radio.